We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. Y'all ready to do a little bit of work? All right. Um, I always tell myself that I, I try to use... Um, the least amount of words possible to say something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to talk forever. I want to make sure I talk in small bites to give you a lot. My, my, my in-laws went to um, Eddie V's, one of my favorites, for the anniversary. And it is something about Eddie, for me anyway. Now, everybody's not like that. But, but for me, when I go to every bite that touches the tip of my tongue speaks to my spirit, man. <laughs> I want to make sure that I'm short today. As I mentioned, this, this, this message today or this, this discussion that we're going to have today um, is, is to some degree foundational for what we're going to talk about over the next two weeks. Amen? All right, so <clears throat> go ahead and write these down. Luke 22, 31. We just talking today, y'all. This is like open class, but you're not going to talk back to me. I'm just going to talk to you. Luke 22, 31, Ephesians 2, 2. 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Luke 22.31, Ephesians 2.2, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. We'll touch on those to some degree at some point. Our main text for today is Luke 22.31, King James Version. If you turn there, I'll read for you. Luke 22.31, King James Version. <coughs> We talked about or we dealt with a bit of this about two weeks ago, and I want to dive back into it so we can thrust into what we're really going to dive into in the next couple of weeks. Luke 22, 31 says this, <clears throat> Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he might sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brethren. <clears throat> Read that again. Simon, Simon, who's Simon, y'all? Say it louder. It's good. Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you, that he might sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. <clears throat> Jesus says um, to Peter that Satan desired to have him, specifically so that he could do something with him. Not just like he just desired him. He wanted to have him so that he could do something with him. And the thing that he said he wanted to do with him, or he likened it to, was sifting him as wheat. I got a picture for you. The best I could do online is get this for you to help explain it. Um, but... Sifting wheat is a, is a brutal process, but a very effective process of separating the actual wheat, which is valuable, from the chaff, which is basically the shell. And, and, and Jesus says to Peter, which is a disciple, he says to Peter, Satan desires to sift you as wheat. And, and basically what he, he says to him is that he wants to... to, to 
to, to, to separate the value of you away from the shell of you so that he can have it. So the way they would go about sifting weed, it was a very interesting thing. Um, there was a couple ways that you could do it. Either they would, they would spread the wheat, which is that long thing over there, but spread on the ground, and they would let horses trample all over it to beat it. Or they would take rocks and they would bang it loose so that they could separate what was valuable from the shell that it was in. What Jesus basically says to Peter is that the enemy wants to take you through something so life-shattering that he separates what is valuable of you away from the shell of you so that he could take it for himself. He didn't just want to take him through something, y'all. He wanted to do something to him. He wanted to do something to him so that he can take what was valuable of him, what was precious of him. He wanted to take the thing that mattered most to people. He wanted to take it away from him by, by, by allowing him to go through something that was so life-threatening. That felt so overwhelming that he would expose the value so that the enemy could have it. So now here's what he says. First, he says that Satan desires to have you. That means that Satan desires to possess you. He said, I want to possess him first. Oh, gosh, y'all. He says, I want to possess him first so then I can dominate him so that I can destroy him. Listen to the progression. He says, Satan desires to have you. He wants possession of you. He wants possession of you so that he can dominate you, sift you as wheat. Then he wants to destroy you. And I said to myself, well, well, Jesus, you just said that just kind of in passing. It, was, it wasn't, you, you, you didn't make that that big of a deal. Because what Jesus says here is that Satan wants to possess. Now, here, check this out. You've never heard this said before, that Satan wants to possess you. You don't hear that. I've only heard of demon possession. Well, how do we get from Satan to demon? That's what we're going to learn today. I'm glad you asked me. <laughs> okay. So the first definition or first thing we're going to deal with is Satan. I got, a, I got a, a definition to throw up on the screen for you. I want you to write this down. It's up there. Satan, a disembodied fallen angel who now presides over the physical world we live in. He is described as the prince of the power of the air, Ephesians 2.2, the God, little g God, of of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4. I'm going to read that again. I want you to make sure you get this down. A disembodied fallen angel who now presides over the physical world we live in. He is described as the prince of the power of the air. Ephesians 2.2, 2, the God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. Now, we learn from those, those two scriptures alone that Satan has a kingdom. Dustin Wright, I should slow down. I'll let that marinate for a second. I see a lot of people going up and down. I'm going to read it while y'all write it. A disembodied fallen angel who now presides over the physical world we live in. He is described as the prince of the power of the air. 
Ephesians 2.2. 2. The God of this world, 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. <clears throat> Y'all ready for me to move on? Okay. <laughs> Satan and his kingdom is very organized, extremely efficient, but very limited in power. Y'all heard me on that. Satan's kingdom is very organized, very efficient, but very limited in power. And the reason why that I say that his kingdom um, that he presides over because he's a prince, that scripture tells us that he's the prince of the power of the air. The, the reason why that I say that his kingdom is limited because the person running the kingdom has a limited capacity. His kingdom, so, so let's think about this physically. Um, this ministry will only be as good as I am. There's nothing you can do about it. The, the ceiling for this limit is me because I, if, if I'm in charge, it will go as far as I can take it. Same with Satan. Because he is the, he is the God of this world, his kingdom is very limited because he has limited capacity. Okay, Wanzo, why do you say he has limited capacity? Unlike our God, Satan is not omniscient. He is not omnipotent, nor is he omnipresent. He is not omniscient. He is not all-knowing. He is not omnipotent. He is not all-powerful. Nor is he omnipresent, meaning that he can't be everywhere at once. Hey, I, got, I want you to write this stuff down. I'm just not talking. I got a graphic. Omnis, omniscient. God has perfect knowledge of your past, present, and future. And what I love about God, seeing that he is omniscient, he knows everything about me, but he still loves me. He knows perfectly my past, my present, and future. This is God we're talking about. Child omniscient. Satan, however, here's the key. Satan, however, can only create from what you give him. Satan can only do something with what you expose to him. Because he's not all-knowing. Watch me now. So what he does is that he throws stuff at the walls of your life to see what sticks, and he looks at your reaction, and based on, upon how you react, he writes that down in your personnel file, and he sticks it in the file. He needs material for his testimony against you. He has to, you have to give him the material for the testimony so that he can accuse you with it. Let's go to omnipotent. Now, God is all-powerful. <clears throat> he does whatever he wills. He does not have to check with anybody. He can do whatever he wants when he wants to do it. That is God. He is omnipotent. Satan, however, has to be given permission. He has to gain access to you. He needs an open door to you. I'll give you a biblical example. God and Satan have a conversation. 
Satan's like, um, God says, well, what about my servant Job? He's like, man, God, you know you got that hedge of protection around him. I can't touch him. But God, if you lift your hedge of protection that is around him, I can do something to him. What am I saying to you? He has to ask for permission. Or he is given permission. We're going to get to that in a minute. He has to have access to you. He needs open doors. And the way that he gets open doors, we're going to talk about it. Okay. Y'all got that down? Let's go to omnipresent. As it relates to God. We all get to experience the omnipresence of God. The same quality, the same efficacy. He can be everywhere at once and bless you at the same time he's blessing me. He can work in your life the same time he's working in your life because he's omnipresent. Satan, however, (laughs) he is not omnipresent and he cannot be everywhere at once. Here's what's funny, and I make I make joke of it all the time. It says, girl, the devil is busy. <laughs> but if all of us are saying that the devil is busy, all at the same time, then somebody's lying. <laughs> because he is not omnipresent. He can only be in certain places at certain times. Now, you wrote that down. It is due to these limitations that we just discussed that Satan's kingdom is so effective against us. It is, it is these limitations that we just discussed. He is not omniscient. He is not omnipotent. He is not omnipresent. It is due to those limitations that his kingdom is so effective against us. Because we walk around blaming the enemy for things that he personally and directly could have never done. Because he's, he's not omniscient. <laughs> he's not um, omnipotent. And he's not omnipresent. Okay? <laughs> you know who Tom Cook is? Tom Cook is the CEO of only the greatest electrical electrical company in the world, Apple. Some people need some deliverance in here today. (laughs) Tom Cook is the CEO of Apple. And let's just say my iPad, which would never happen, my iPad started to malfunction. And somehow, some way, I was able to get Tom Cook on the phone. He is responsible 100% for the goings on of everything that is in Apple. But if I were able to get Tom Cook on the phone and say, hey, Tom, my, 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 my iPad is starting to malfunction, Tom wouldn't be able to help me. He would have to call the department that he has that handles that kind of stuff. Even though he's responsible for it, even though it is his company, he can't answer the questions as to what, as to, as relates to what's happening with my iPad. Listen to me. 
Satan is ultimately responsible for it, but he has demons, he has spirits, he has unclean spirits that are responsible for the things that we deal with in life. And oftentimes, the only response that we have to something going wrong in life is the devil did it. Mm -mm. You're not fighting the devil, baby. You're fighting that spirit that's been on you since you've been seven years old. I want us to be able to understand the complexity of what happens in the spirit realm. And if you don't know what to say, if you don't know who to address, you will always be going to the wrong well. Yes, Satan is ultimately responsible. But you don't need to be delivered from Satan. You need to be delivered from that spirit. Listen to me. I'm not trying to downplay our issues or none of that kind of stuff. But the devil is typically called in for for the big guns. He's called in for big issues. He's the prince. How often do you see a prince come down and just handle nominal stuff? Let's think about this now. I'm talking about a hierarchy. Listen, we are dealing with unclean spirits and demons that do not belong to us and have latched themselves to us early on in life, and we still fight those same things. And all we can say is that the devil did it. And he don't mind having a conversation with you about it. He don't mind you calling him out because you don't know the department that it came from. Okay. I got another one for you. Let's talk about demons. <laughs> Let's go. Disembodied fallen angels who have unclean spirits seeking out physical hosts to be the instrument of their lascivious, wicked, and evil desires. Their ultimate goal is to possess you, satisfying the will of Satan. Give you two more minutes to write. I'll read it again. Disembodied fallen angels who have unclean spirits seeking out physical hosts to be the instrument of their lascivious, wicked, and evil desires. Their ultimate goal is to possess you, satisfying the will of Satan. Now, I know a couple of people got nervous, <laughs> but I want to make you understand. I see people still writing. I'm going to wait a second. It's good. No, don't rest for me. I got all day. <laughs> I'll give you 30 seconds to write. This is good that you're writing. It's beautiful. Angeline got smart. She took a picture. <laughs> You cannot just catch a demon. I don't want you to be nervous in this place. Like, oh, a demon's going to jump on me. They don't work like that. You cannot be walking. I forget this movie. I think Denzel Washington played in it. It What was it called? Fallen. 
they would walk around and they touch somebody and they pass that, that spirit off onto the person. That doesn't happen. It's not real. The, 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 here's the thing. Hollywood has done such a great job at grandizing the spirit realm. And I want to create clarity so that you know how to fight. You, you, you don't pass demons along like you pass along a drink. They don't work like that. But you can give them access. Just like Satan, they need access, they need open doors into you. Okay? I want to talk about three main ways, briefly, of, of, of what I will call access points. Okay? Tina talked in, in, in granular form last week about access. I'm going to talk from a broad sense. Okay? Let's push to the first one. First one is sins. Sins is when you open the door. It is as if, and, and, and it is as if, when, when, if, if the enemy knocks at your door, you open the door and you let him in. That is what sins do. I'm talking about acts of sin. You give them an open door to you. Now, here's the thing. I, I wrote some of this stuff down. I want to make sure. This, what are sins, Wanzel, right? You want to know what are sins? I got you. And this is not a full list. I'm just giving you a little bit. Sexual immorality. What is sexual immorality? Having sex outside of the confines that God has set. Wanzel, what is sexual immorality? Sex immorality is having sex outside of the confines that God has set. That is an open door. Okay? Drug use, drunkenness, idolatry, cult involvement, hatred, murder, lying, envy, strife, and a failure to forgive. I just listed off a whole lot of stuff that you would not do. <laughs> but here's the thing. Sin is the things that you you omit to do. You, that is a sin through omission. I was supposed to do it, but I omitted that part. Why is, how is that a sin? Well, how do I give the enemy an open door to me when I don't forgive? You remember the book of Matthew? We talked about this a few weeks ago, probably about a few months ago. Book of Matthew chapter 18. Jesus was given a parable, and he says, um, well, the, 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 the master had forgiven um, the debt of his servant. And then the servant goes out and does not forgive the debt of someone who, who he owed money, you know, that owed him money. It says that the master had that servant who did not forgive given over to the tormentors. You can be given over to stuff because you don't do what you're supposed to do. Okay? Watch it now. I'm going to run through it again because there's a lot more. Sexual immorality, drug use, drunkenness, idolatry, cult involvement, hatred, murders, lying, envy, strife, and failure to forgive. My wife said last week that we can give the enemy a toehold. I thought about how I was in the shower, and I thought about how hilarious that looks. How can you lock me down by grabbing one toe? <laughs> Listen to me, y'all, but all the enemy needs is an open door to you. Understand this now. I want you to understand about the enemy. He doesn't just want to, he doesn't just want to rock with you for, you for you to have a good time. He wants to possess you. 
so that he can dominate you and ultimately destroy you. All right. That's, that's one. <clears throat> the second one is circumstances. It's another access point. Oh. Unclean spirits, demons, wait for times of weakness. They sit patiently and wait for a weak moment in your life. And what is funny um, about the devil and um, his minions or his, his demons is that they don't play fair. Typically, when you're at your most vulnerable point is when you're a child. If you truly sit back and think about it, the things that you deal with now were birthed when you were a child. I wrote some of this down. Good Lord. When you think about some of the things that you were exposed to at a young age, the offspring of that stuff, being exposed to this caused that. Some of the spirits that we deal with as adults are these because we are exposed to situations in our childhood that we should have never been exposed to. Watch, listen to this. This is what's producing your adulthood, a spirit of insecurity, a spirit of dependency, a spirit of escape, a spirit of passivity. All of these, listen to me, all of these different spirits that adults have were birthed because of something, took, something that took place in their childhood. Listen to me, y'all. We often say, Lord, I, I, I need the devil out of my life. I need Satan out of my life. No, you need the spirit of insecurity out of your life. You need the spirit of d dependency out of your life. That is what I need to be delivered from. Yes, the enemy is ultimately responsible, but what do I need to be delivered from? What has taken place in your childhood that you are fighting off you right now? What happened? An uncle or an aunt or whoever mishandled me. And now what was introduced into my life was the spirit of lust. I, my parents didn't get it and they just watched everything on TV. And I was exposed to sex too early. So now there's a spirit of sexual immorality in my life that I deal with. It is all about exposure. It is all about the access. It is all about open gates. And if you stay ignorant to this, the gates remain open. Oh, gosh. We talked about us being a, a tripartite being a few weeks ago. We are a body. We have a body. We live in a body. But we are a spirit and we have a soul we live in a body we live in this body we possess a soul but we are a spirit and a lot of the trouble that we deal with in our life comes from our soulish man that is where the enemy loves to attack you 
He wants to do something to your emotions and your He wants to manipulate your emotions and your feelings so that he, have, he has access to you on the inside so that he can work out his lustful desires through your body. But he needs access for that stuff. So he allows you to be in situations and circumstances, or he puts you in situations and circumstances where you're not prepared to fight spiritually. Oh, I got to get this next one. That's going to talk to it. The third one is inheritance. Now, I know one of the things that we hear typically in church, generational curses. I'm not talking about generational curses. We love to pray on that one. It's a good one to pray. Don't get me wrong. Just, but that's what we pray on. This is different than generational curses. Inheritance. The, the reason why it's different because generational, generational curses are just passed down. Just pass from one generation to the next. But inheritances, if you think about it in a physical sense, an inheritance has to be accepted. <clears throat> so my mother could have been this way and my father could have been that way and they leave their weakness for us. I have to, I have to determine if I'm going to accept that as my own. We all, we, we know what those weaknesses are. Oh, marriage has not worked in any of my family and nobody remained married and all this kind of stuff. This is what your mouth says because you give the enemy, you give the enemy material for your testimony. And we just, oh, marriage don't work in my family and you get married. And now you have to fight the idea that is this truly for me? No, you're accepting, you're inheriting what your parents had. I was, I, Me and my wife have this conversation a lot, and I love this girl because um, <clears throat> she is multifaceted. She just is. But early on in our relationship, we talked about the spirit that was on, my, on the men of my family. Specifically, it was a spirit of addiction. Once that was identified, I determined that I did not want to give that or leave that for my children. Listen to me, y'all. I said I didn't want to leave it for them. Inheritances are left for them. Uh, what are you leaving for your children? What are you leaving for them to determine if they're going to accept this or not? Inheritances have to be accepted. And once you accept it, oh, my mother had a nervous breakdown and I could feel me, myself being anxious. And, 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 you know, my dad was an alcoholic and I could feel myself desiring this and my brother was this and my mama was that. Once you start saying those things, you're opening up an opportunity for the enemy to have access When you start to think about demon possession, 
Hollywood has done a really good job to make us feel like it is, it is, it is something beyond this earth. It is something that you never see. Listen to me, y'all. You can be possessed by the spirit of perversion. And it only shows its ugly head every now and again. F never delivered from it. Okay. <laughs> Let me push because I, I, I don't want to go too far. Let's go back to our verse. Y'all learning something? Okay. I'm going to go back to verse 31. He says, Simon, Simon, behold, Satan demanded to have you that he may sift you like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned again, strengthen your brothers. Now, you say, Wanzel, this is, big, this is like doom and gloom, Wanzel. Like, <laughs> how do I deal with this? That's so why I'm here. Hook you up. Jesus says to, to Peter, verse 31, um, that Satan wants to possess you. And not only does he want to possess you, he wants to dominate you, to destroy you. He tells Peter all of this, and that's an earful in itself. Like, this is deep, Jesus. You, you know, you're a deep guy, but this is deep. But what I like in verse 32 is that Jesus says, but. Now, I have not been, just like my wife, that's why the Lord paired us together. Um, I, I have not been the best at English composition. <laughs> I was able to get through school, but I wasn't the best at it. But I do know that the word but negates everything that happened before it. And the most important piece that is coming is what's after the but. We've been talking about this idea of demon possession. And what Jesus displays for us is that, that, is that you cannot, if you are a child of God, if you have been bought by the blood of Jesus, you cannot be possessed. He can't possess something that's already under ownership. So he says, yeah, he's going to take you through some stuff, and yeah, it's going to feel like everything is falling apart, but I pray for you. I, I want you to understand that the enemy desires these things regardless if he knows you, he can have you or not. And this is what I want to leave you with, and I'm going to leave you right here so you can come back next week. He cannot possess you. Can't possess you. If I belong to God through Jesus, he cannot possess me. But he can oppress you. He says, Peter, he is going to take you through something that's going to be life-shattering, sir, and you're going to contemplate walking away from it all. But because you have this relationship with me, <laughs> you're going to make it through 
Stand to your feet. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.